Hello and welcome to the Unscathed Life Podcast, a podcast that inspires you to push beyond adversity and rewrite your story. On the show, I'll be sharing some of the core principles that underpin Unscathed Living, a life I define as the intentional manifestation of your highest self, regardless of circumstance. My guests will embody Unscathed Living and will be sharing relatable practices that have helped them stay advancing despite adversity. My name is Tomaru Swagu and I am your host. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's installment of the Unscathed Life Podcast. I am super excited to have you here with me. And I have an awesome, awesome guest with me in the studio today. I'm excited to introduce her to you. Her name is Enetom Agiri. She's a hair coach. She's actually the UK's first hair coach and she's a board certified trichologist. So Anito's passion is to help women, black women especially, have the audacity to be bold with their expectations for their hair and scalp health. Um, and Anito, she owns a healthy hair studio and has a range of awesome products that um, I'll link in the show notes at the end of the show so that you guys can go and check her out. She's legit, by the way, so you want to check her out. But um, Anito, it is super exciting to have you here with me in the studio. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello, hello. <laughs> so this you. came about so let me just kind of give a bit of context for my listeners. I was um any time it's you know, look at my hair, everyone, look at my hair. Okay, if you can't see it on the podcast. <laughs> so any, good. Yeah, any has been relentlessly, and I'm saying relentlessly, trying to get me <laughs> on this hair journey, healthy hair thing for the longest time. And I'm I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm way better than I used to be, at least. From who you are, introduce yourself to me in your own words. Who is Anita? Okay, so who am I? I am a trained tax accountant first, <laughs> and then <laughs> um, I am I'm basically UK's first first hair coach, and I started the business side of hair coaching when I was basically on my personal hair journey, mm -hmm. and I would feel uncomfortable going to salons. Um, and then I realized, I wonder how many other people are feeling this discomfort where, where you're in the mm. chair, you don't want to say too much because you don't want to offend the person and they're combing your hair. And if I got to a point, one stylist actually said to me that she can't do my hair anymore. She didn't come back basically because I oh, made, wow. yeah, because <laughs> and for that particular try, I actually tried to be as not to highlight too many points, but I guess the few points was even too much for oh. her that she said. And I thought, my goodness, there must be somebody that people who have a desire for health of their hair can go to and literally sit down, feel comfortable without having to amend, mm. correct, suggest. Let me just do my hair, let me be happy. And then in searching, I realized such a person, I, there was no person, it didn't exist. So I thought, okay, well, I will I will become her and I will see what happens. Um, and then I just used to put up dues. I love like quick fold and pin hairstyles and I just used to put that on my page. And yeah, basically, it's like that's that's how the business side of it started. And later, I went into studying trichologist. But between the trichologist study and the first decision to um, hair coach, I done various other training. But the most financial, one of the greatest financial investment and time investment was the trichology study. The trichology so, one. Okay, yes. I love the fact that you say that you're you you were trained you know, accountant, is that what you're, you're certified yes. accountant? You know, who were you as a child? Who, who did you envision yourself being? Um, who was I as a child? Well, for one, hair wasn't in the scope or in the time frame, or like I would have laughed hysterically. In fact, I would have been insulted, truth be told. <laughs> I would have been insulted if you said to me when I was younger that I would be doing hair because growing up in Nigeria, it's not something that is reputable. It's not something oh. that is held in with high regards. Oh. So I would have been insulted if you had said that because my mind was so shallow and narrow-minded then. Oh. Um, so as a child, I wanted to be an accountant. I didn't know what type of accountant. I just knew I wanted to be an accountant because, well, I think it was more a copy and paste thing, not that I really understood oh. it. Okay. Um, you yeah. just kind of went into a general... I just, no, it's not that it was... Well, I knew I was going to be an accountant because 
I think because my father once upon a time was an accountant as well. So I think that was my ah. first introduction into it. Oh. But it was not because I felt any strong will for it. It was just because, well, that's the only occupation I know of. And I don't want to be a doctor. That was the other thing. And I don't want to be an engineer. So let me just pick a doctor, um, accountant. And then as I studied in uni and whatnot, then I realized that there's a various type of accountant. So then I thought, okay, fine. And it was a teacher, which is why I always say teachers are very, very, very important. Oh. Um, and that's one of the things I really prayed about that. Even before I got married, that as a result of this particular teacher, I just pray any teacher that my children come in contact with, they're not just teaching for a job. They're teaching because I have a, they have a genuine care for the advancement of that child. Mm-hmm. And with one teacher, just the way he talked, and I thought, oh my goodness. And he he had his own tax firm. And I thought, okay, well, that's what I want to do. I want to be a tax oh, accountant. Wow. And then I narrowed and I specialized in tax accounting. Okay, so that's that's interesting. So when did you come to the UK, Annie? So we came to the UK when we were 11 because we were running from Nigeria. <laughs> we were running because my father was um, um, captured, for lack of a be- better term. And my mom had 50 pounds, I remember. So we literally just came and we went into her to her sister's house and we didn't tell her sister. So it was a bit of a shock with this woman with three children because dogs had come to our house looking for... Backstory, just some background. So my, my father was the elected president of Nigeria. So it was around mm-hmm. the time when he was killed and dogs came looking for him in, in the house. So we just, we ran basically. So my mom just thought, okay, I'm just going to take my children and run because I don't want what's going on here. And we stayed in my sister's, my mom's sister's house for a little bit. And then we moved to a hotel and we lived in a hotel for a very long time because we didn't have a hotel, like an actual hotel. hotel. Like it, it started, oh God, let me try to remember. It started off as a B&B and then she got a place in Victoria, a one bedroom flat in Victoria. Um, and then this is where I started to become aware of money, if you like, mm. because I remember that we had a lot of money and I remember thinking, well, what happened? And then that's, I, I suppose that tailored all three of her children, actually. That tailored all three of her children as we grew up because of poor money management. And I think all three of us, even though we've never, I mean, my, me and my sister have spoken about, but my brother and I, we haven't. It really tailored us for we never, ever, ever want to be in a position where oh. we got stuck, if you like. It made such an impression on you. It I, made it such, such a, but we didn't realize that as children. We only realized that oh. in our adult life for example i never had a credit card if i couldn't pay cash for it i wouldn't have it even when they would say you can't buy a house without a credit card i still wouldn't have a card. i just figure out, figure out a way i never even took up a student loan just things like that i had such a fear of debt that was my mother who had a lot of money she married a man who had a lot of money Mm. And we moved into UK and in one year we moved houses like 11 times. We basically moved houses every month and to the point where the most stability we had was we lived in a B&B in King Cross, King's Cross. And back there, King's Cross was a very mm. prostitute field area. Yeah. It's mm. much better now. It's, it's more, I guess, sophisticated now. But it was filled with prostitutes back then. So we lived in a B&B with two rats, I remember, <laughs> for like... For a very, very long time um, before we had stability in a, in a proper house. Just that contrast. How do you go from one day being able to have every single thing that you wanted to the next day being told, I'm sorry, we don't have any money? Like, how, how does that even register in it? Well, when you're a child, I was 11, so it, you, you don't really, I couldn't comprehend. I didn't know what that meant because... I'm sure my mom was struggling and she was drowning, but she she did a good job of mm. not showing fear or anxiety in front of her. We never saw her cry. We never saw her worry. We never saw her stress. Oh, but we okay. it's only now as a mother myself, as an adult, mm. that I realized the impact of all the letters that used to come through the door. I realized the impact that you must have been, it must have been really bad to have your two, three children in a B&B with two rats. Mm. It must have been really, really bad that... You know, um, basically you were begging for money, but at that age we couldn't comprehend it because she she hid it very well. She I think my my again at that age I didn't realize I think I get for me my, my greatest um I don't know what the word is, my greatest revelation was I remember and I think she only had like maybe twenty pounds and it was someone's birthday and mm. I really wanted to go it was like we were having pizza or something. And it was her last twenty pounds. I remember her saying to me that this is I only have twenty but as a child I mean, everyone says, I don't have money. I don't have money. So I didn't take it in truth. But I remember that she gave me that 20 pounds. And I remember throughout that week, um, I, we didn't have electricity. But it's only as an adult that I can now 
think back and think, oh my goodness, that was the 20 pounds that she was supposed to use to charge the key. But I can, but I didn't think of that as a child. It's just as an adult that I make the connection. That was what was supposed to give us electricity that week. But because she was trying to hide things from us and protect us, she gave that 20 pounds to me so I could go to this pizza, whatever. So I didn't feel left out in school. So it really that's so superficial. Like I just I can just imagine my my child asking me for my last 20 pounds. I we need for light. Like never. But I think also because when we were little, there was a lot of money. Mm. So was that shift for her that oh my goodness, what have have I done to these children? Mm. But now in the UK, like it won't be I mean, we're okay, but it won't be a big deal now if if Mm. I say okay, you can have 20 pounds, that's your business. Mm. Your friends and you'll be okay next week, you'll get over it. I think for her, it was that shift of you've come from a massive house with limited resources to nothing. Unlimited, yeah. Yeah, yeah. unlimited resources to nothing. So, mm. I mean, we've never had a conversation. That's one thing, man, for a family. We don't really talk. It's just, you just come to realization, just realizations of things like that in adulthood, I guess. Oh, my goodness. So, what what, what next for you? How, how did you then evolve? Like So, um, yeah, so finally, she, we, we got a bit more stability after a few years of moving up and down. So we'll stay in a place for a year and then we'll move again. So we got stability where we go a house and we stay there for a while. I don't know what wow sounds like now, maybe like seven years or maybe. Um, and then she had a job. She started doing, um, my mom started doing some um, corporate work and things were better, but I don't think she still learned man- money management. I'm sorry. And I'm sure if I sat down to speak to her, I will find out that she probably learned that from her parents. Whereas mm. some people either become like that, or you think I want to be everything but that. So I'm going to do everything my mind never to be in debt. So me, I became that child. What that was, if I don't have physical cash, mm. I will never get it. So even if everybody mm. else is doing so I'm, I will have like two jobs. I will have three jobs. I'll pay for uni myself. I didn't, I, it was just, such a burden mm. that that was just a life I never wanted. Mm. It's quite um, an interesting space to be in because I, I think I share similarity with you in that regard. Um, my mother has a totally different um, perspective and, and I'm trying to muster all the respect and kindness in my words, you know, that, but it, totally different relationship with you know money and and just the kind of decisions that she would make around that and a lot of times i'm just looking at like are you kidding me and it's always very difficult like that because you as a child you're it's almost at at some point you get to now start almost educating your parents if that makes sense like this is how you should do it and this is how you should do it and and sometimes i don't think for me it showed up as education maybe my um i think for me it showed up as resentment Mm. And I think as I grew up, I, I distanced myself from my mom. Now, although we will talk every day, I wasn't I was never present. I was never there. I would mm. always rush off the phone. It was always till today. The only mm. thing now I try to do, and I, I, I feel like I'm over it, but every time even just the phone ring, I immediately get anxiety. So I know it's something I need to pray over, pray about and I feel like even if we just talk, maybe that will co- that will sort a lot of the issues. But we don't even talk about stuff like that. She's tried many times. I think I've just built up such resentment mm. that I don't know how to overcome that because I mm. feel like it'll be too painful to even sit and talk. Mm. And I don't know if I have the skills to mm. do that. So mm. it's easier for me to avoid and it's a bit weird so how do you avoid everyone that calls every day it's it's very easy you're just not present like i'm literally physically not present so and it my children are starting to so I, I have to now pretend so the children don't pick things up because my greatest fear is that the children will then do that to me when they grow up oh wow so i have to literally and it, it's so bad to the point i've changed my mom's name on my phone to another name so it's not obvious to them when i'm not picking it up but i think one of the things i have learned from my sister and i don't even know how she did it but it's really through god because i think she just immense it like drowned herself in the word of god and i think one of the things i've learned from her even with her relationship although we've always been the closest i think our physical relationship changed our personal relationship change when i got married and i think and when they this this was my greatest revelation you know when you go to 
um to counseling you go to marriage counseling mm. when they always say it only takes one person to change mm. that was my greatest revelation because i didn't change but she did okay. she did continuously every day like we'll never say i love you she she is the one who changed that i then it became contagious mm. you know something so powerful so strong it just became contagious that i started to then reflect emotions and saying things i wouldn't will never ever ever and like today we're the best of friends but that was never the case ever and it that's just you and your sister, you mean. that's yeah, me and my sister. sister so then her relationship with, with my mom changed. so it, it allowed me to maybe pull the wall down a bit hmm. because of the way she started it was just watching her demonstrating certain things like almost like if she went through the exact same thing that i went through and she's able to overcome not overcome it but she's able to kind of meet her halfway like this i can try and do the same is that is that what you say i don't even know that's what it's for me i think i think when something is it's so it's it's so strong and it's so contagious it's it's like when someone's behavior and you know how they were before and when this it's like it's not even the same human being it's so strong in that demonstration of love and because me and her were so close automatically it just it starts to transfer it's, that energy starts to transfer no. that spirit of love mm. like you know if someone's so bad even if you're a good person you just become bad too it's the same thing so mm -hmm. i think that's what it was it, it just it just overflowed from her and it, it was just without her even knowing that this is what she's doing she was just she was just a different person and that energy just started to mm. transfer to me I think we definitely share some similarities from a childhood perspective. I think from my mother, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, no. but um, my mom, my mom left, my mom basically left me when I was about six and a half years old and basically left me in my, um, she basically took, takes a tax. I was, first of all, I was in boarding school at five years old. And then when I was six and a half years old, my mom takes me into a taxi and points at a house and says, that's where your dad lives. And she was like, from here, you're going to be staying on with your dad. So I felt that, I think is that resentment that you're, you're, and obviously, obviously the circumstances, now that I'm older, she explains it and all of that. And I can totally almost appreciate it now, um, at least to some extent. But then as a child, you, you, I mean, how do, how do you explain yeah. to your mind that your mother yeah. has gone? Do you understand? Yeah. I just, it just made me feel as if I was very unloved. I was abandoned. I was unwanted. So those, that resentment, honestly, it is so hard to shift. It is yeah. so hard to shift. So I can totally, totally relate. So to it, it's very, very interesting. So I, I think particularly for, I, I, I mean, what I would love to explore is just, I know you are kind of still, I, I think where I am now, I am probably, I'm every single day, I'm just asking God to work on my heart because again, with exactly what you said, my greatest fear is that my children would do the same to me. Yeah. So I'm constantly every single day, just trying to almost give what I didn't get. Like, I, I you know, try and do, even though I, I was, I missed a lot of those things as a child, I, I still try and do that with my kids so it will be interesting to hear from your own perspective like how and you know for people who are listening to this who may also be in similar situations like like you and i who have maybe like slightly strained relationships with their parents i mean any tips that you can share that what has really really worked for you and how you think that you you're, you're still going along on your journey i think it's because i'm still in it i don't even know oh. <laughs> if there's any it's still very, and I think when I feel like I'm over it and my phone rings and everything just bubbles up again, then I realize actually you're not over it. Mm. And in as much as I think my, my drive, my motivation is really what my children are being exposed to. Mm. Because Mariah, my first child, said something one day where she said, do you not like your mom? Um so even if you say and you try and pretend, they notice and they, they, they see certain yeah. things. So it does, it's not even a thing about trying to be there more physically for your child. It's more about this is you're teaching them that the relationship between a mother and a child looks like this. Mm. So a child cannot comprehend that there were past issues mm. or somebody hurt you. They can't comprehend that. Their comprehension is my understanding of what a mother and daughter's relationship is, 
is that you don't respond when the phone is ringing or you're cold mm. and you give one word answers or you're you're just cold you come across like you don't like that person mm. and because of the only mother and daughter relationship i see apart from Mariah and I is you and your mom. I don't have any other exposure. Thing, yeah. So this is all. This is the only lesson I have, and this is mm. what you're teaching me. So that is my motivation to to, to do better. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I think it starts there, right? Just that decision to do better. Yeah. So yeah, all good. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to kind of move on now just to talk a little bit about, you know, your journey, because I know you've touched on the fact that you're an accountant. I, I want to talk about you just pivoting, because what I talk about really on this show is just how you manifest your higher self. I believe that God has put a purpose within all of us. And um, and it is it is in us or the power is in us to be able to navigate towards that purpose but how did you go you know from accounting you were an accountant to now you know having this whole hair empire is what i call it <laughs> tell me a little bit about your journey so you you've, you things got stable things got better you went i'm sure uni how what, what was your journey like from there on um I think first is understanding what we what preconceived ideas that we have as purpose or passion. Mm. Okay. Because I had always understood that to or when you say I'm passionate or I have a purpose or I have a gift to mm -hmm. something quite elaborate in mm -hmm. terms of singing, acting, mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I, I never would have classed what I do as that. Okay. Which is why again I would have felt insulted then. Mm. Which is why then I would have thought, no, there must be something more. Mm. So when I was doing my again, I was I I think out of all my siblings, I'm I'm the one that's the most I didn't take a gap here. I just went from uni from college, went straight to uni, did what I had to do in uni, graduated. That same month I graduated, I got my first job. My first job can't be less than 30K. And this is like when I was, eight, how old was I, 20, 21 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then that was a nice salary for, mm -hmm. I don't know what that. Just come, come <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I don't know where, well, I was going to say, I don't know where that drive came from. But I think, again, a lot of it comes from, I just knew that I just, I just never wanted to be in debt. Um, because mm. we had a lot of babies always coming to the house. Every time the door, wow. um, someone knock on the door, there was always that. Oh my goodness, what are they coming to collect now? So maybe subconsciously that played a role in the fact that I just you know I had I had a, I had bullet points. You'll finish uni at twenty one. You get your first job. You get married at twenty three. You have your first bang bang bang, and that's exactly how it happened. Like, you are so driven that look i've just got to keep going i'm not going to be held down not by this and I, I i knew what i wanted i think maybe a lot of people at that age don't know what they wanted so mm -hmm. i knew what i wanted i wrote it down and i presented it to god mm -hmm. so if there's any deviation from that then there has to be no confusion it has to be clarity and literally as i wrote it down it happened um got married within a few months or whatever we had a, a child so everything was just hmm. it was fine if you like by this time i was already well advanced in my career in um tax accounting mm -hmm. and i'd already started my hair journey it was just me and my daughter there was no desire to do it as a career as a profession mm -hmm. And I just, like I said, I just used to love fold and pin just her stuff like this. I just used to post it on my Instagram. And then um, people ask questions. I was just, yeah, I don't do hair. I don't do hair. But I love to talk about hair. So I'll answer, like, I'll give you now what I call a consultation. <laughs> Back then, I would tell you everything. <laughs> I would give you a dialogue. <laughs> I could talk to you for two hours. I loved to talk about it. But I still will never tie that to a passion. I, I refused to like tie you that. Speak to somebody for two hours and you didn't think that was a no, passion. <laughs> I didn't think it was a passion because I, I was unsure what was special about what I was doing. I didn't know what was special. I, I did not recognize the value. So, so this is interesting. Sorry, before you continue. So 
a lot of people, I, I mean, I'm just trying to think right now. So there might be a lot of people that are probably in the situation that you were in. They are doing what they, they, they have been, you know, what is their purpose essentially, but they are trivializing it because they just feel, because it maybe comes so easy or because it's not. Because the, the, it comes it's, so easy. Yes. And, and I think what people need to realize is that it's supposed to come easy because it's a gift. Mm, and so I, 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 I did not acknowledge that. It doesn't mean that because it comes easy, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't do anything in the future to sharpen your skills. It that. doesn't mean, but I, I, there was that notion that it, I, I should have to work for it, but mm. I didn't have to, it was, it was just effortless. I didn't have to try. It was effortless. And I think because it was so, it's, but it's supposed to be. But I think mm. the misunderstanding is that most people think that because it's supposed to be, well, that's it, but you're supposed to then do something to nurture it to sharpen it, mm. to make it stronger. Your gifts. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people do not have that understanding. A lot of people. So a lot of people stand there looking every day for their purpose and they're basically smack bang into it, doing you're, it. You're, in you're, you're doing it, you're sitting it. And because it's so easy, you're looking for something more impressive because it's so easy to you, it's not impressive enough to you. Mm. So you're dismissive of it. Mm. But there would always be somebody that would acknowledge you and see. Though people would tell you, mm. but as they're telling you, and so you need to do this. Wow, wow, wow! You're like, what's the big deal? You dismiss it mm. because, like, what was the big deal? What I just did, like, literally. But uh, and particularly for that kind, it's not. I think you, you, what you said earlier at the start of it, it's not one of those things that is reputable. I mean, yeah. If somebody says hair, it's like we think about the salon lady that is standing with her little in a little mirror, this thing, and it's like you tax accountant who you know, you know, schooled abroad, whatever, is now saying that you, you know, I like what you said in terms of the fact that it, it, it just wasn't impressive. I was looking for something impressive, on knowing that I was, I was, I was sitting in it. I already had it, but it wasn't impressive enough. I didn't feel like I could say. I wouldn't even entertain the idea that I could say I do hair. And I not only did I go to uni, I did further education in, in to qualify after uni as a tax accountant. It just it just wasn't I was looking for more. Okay. And with that tax that one I had to work for. It was it was challenging, it was hard, it made me cry, it gave me sleepless nights. And this just it was just effortless. It just this, I enjoyed it. And I felt to me that you're supposed to enjoy something that you are gifted in that rolls off off you effortlessly. But I enjoyed it so much that where's the pain in the struggle? Why should there be a pain in the struggle? I mean, later on, when you start to shop when it becomes to a business, yes, you were spraying, but at the starting point, it, it should be it should be fun. It should be fun. So how did that go for you then? How did you then start to Pivot. So, as I just used to post my quick hairstyles and I just used to talk and I would just talk for hours and hours and hours. And then, like I said, somebody would acknowledge something in you and then people used to say, and then one day, I I, I just thought it was, it was my birthday, I remember. And I just thought, okay, fine. I, I just woke up and I just thought, I'm just going to try. I'm going to put a post on social media and I'm going to say, I'm going to start the Healthy Hair Studio. I mean, I didn't even put much thought. It just makes sense. Healthy hair studio. So whatever. I'll just literally, that was the attitude. I would just put healthy hair studio. And I thought about it for a while, but I, I think the reason why I didn't start, although it sounds like I thought about it when I thought about it over a while. One, I didn't think it would, anything would happen for it because it was so different. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be hairdressing. I, you mm -hmm. weren't going to come to me. I wasn't going to do a weave. I wasn't going to do a braid. I wasn't going to dress your hair. I wasn't going to style your hair. I was going to do treatments your hair will probably you'll probably leave there maybe not having beautiful styled hair <laughs> you know i have so much to say about that i have so much to say about that just Honestly. the boldness the boldness that you're going to start a salon where everybody well a studio as you call it where everybody else expects that when you go and get your hair done you come back looking beautiful you and you're back. saying that yes you, you do not I look was, like that i was going <laughs> against the norm of styling mm. and i was saying because even those that have their style when the style weathers down which you would you still have the same hair issues so i was saying let me teach you 
Let me give you the skills. Let me give you the knowledge so you can see the progress despite the styling. Mm. And I didn't know how that was going to translate. And I remember Googling and I couldn't find anybody doing that. And then you start to tell yourself lies and you, you, you say over and over again, you perpetuate that story that you start to believe it. Okay, maybe the reason nobody else is doing that is because it's not going to be successful. So I was trying mm. to find a lane to fit into instead of to create my own lane. Mm. And then I just came to the realization, okay, I'm just going to do it because it's not going to be big because I don't think people will get it. I would just do it as a Saturday, one person, two people, and let me just put this post on Instagram. Mm. So I pull a post out. The post is still up right now on my page saying, hi, guys, I'm going to start the Healthy Hair Studio if you're interested, send me a message. Here's my number. What I did not realize was that there were silent observers. What I did not realize that there were people that had been watching me write and talk and basically be, be, be bold about my hair because my emails within an hour, it was a work day, went crazy. I had to re edit the caption and remove my number because my phone kept going up. Stop it. Since that day, seven years ago, I have been fully booked every day, every week, every month, every year. And when she says fully booked, seriously, guys, she means fully booked <laughs> to get an appointment with any. It's like gold dust. <laughs> you literally feel privileged if you get an appointment. People do dance parties celebrating an appointment with any talk. It is, it is that coveted. I'm telling you, it's amazing. I remember I'm coming home from work that day and saying to my husband, oh my goodness, it was supposed to be a Saturday thing, one or two people. I have a client every day for the next six weeks that I've had to say to people, this is the, within the first day, and I've had to say to people, I can't take any more. And then I realized I don't even have a dryer. I don't have a mirror. I don't have, I don't have anything. And the first person is coming in four days. So I went to Amazon. I went to eBay. The mirror I purchased, I still use today. The table I purchased, I still use today. I've changed my um, steamer to a nice fancy one, but I bought <laughs> a crappy one then. And all I had was a mirror, a chair, and a steamer. Wow. Three things. I am Love just, it. and I, I hope you guys are on are taking this. Like literally, the truth is that, you know, the, the people that you have been called to serve will always be there waiting for you. It's whether or not you take the first step to come out and say, I am here to serve you. That is what I'm learning from, you know, what you're saying to me, in a sense, that they, they were always there. So imagine, there, yeah. let us close our eyes now and just imagine that you I never- did nothing. You didn't Can you imagine. Do you did nothing. What? You just said. What well, I mean, let's think about that scenario. Yeah, I've never even really paused. I imagine I did nothing. What a what a disservice. What a disservice to God. To God. You would have underserved. I used this word at a webinar I hosted yesterday. I said, if you don't find that thing, if you don't step into the fullness of who you were created to be, you are underserving your generation. So if you had just limited yourself to tax accounting, you would have just gone through life under so and you'd have been successful. You know the funny thing is, you'd have been successful. Exactly. But I never would have known what could have been. I, I never would have known what could have been. I, I just love it. And I love the boldness. And and the thing that I want you guys, you know, listeners to take from this is, is what Annie said. It is so powerful. And I want it to resonate in your mind and your spirit that the thing that you have been created to do, it is supposed to be easy. So if you're finding it easy and that because of that, you're now thinking that it's not the thing because we have been sold a lie to believe that purpose is one massive thing that it will just be so, oh my goodness, it will just hit you on the head. No, some things, um, your purpose and the gifts that you've been given will be easy. And I love what Annie said. She says, this, when you start to sharpen it, when you start to sharpen it, that is now when it becomes hard. And I love that as well. What I was um, 
teaching at a webinar at the same webinar that I was I was talking about something I call the trifactor identity matrix. And it basically it's three three bubbles. One bubble is your gift. The other bubble is what you're passionate about. Some people will have gifts that they're not necessarily as passionate about. But and then the third bubble is what you have knowledge about. So basically, I basically see you as being smack bang where the three bubbles overlap. You have the talent, you have the gift. You were also very passionate about this one because this isn't the only gift that you have. Mm-hmm. There are other things that you can do, you could you, you could probably do very easily today. And you know, from conversations that we have, we talk about other things that you do, but this is one that you are actually really, really passionate about. And then what did you now do? You went to get the knowledge about it. So it puts you in a little bubble here where you're basically uncompetable with basically no one can compete no one can find you no one like it's not even a word but literally no one can see no one can see your back (laughs) because it's like you're smack bang in that zone of genius and that is where all of us have to aim to get to in life what is it that you're passionate about what is it that you've got gifts in in and how can you sharpen it so that nobody will be able to touch your back Every time I post something, and it's another reason people will say to me, why don't you just post your hair, post your hair, post your Because I don't post my hair often, like how you see blogging. No, there's nothing wrong with that because that does bring inspiration to lots of people. But my idea was I want to use other people's hair journey to tell a story as opposed to me because it narrows it down to me. And then people will then say, well, it's her and her genetics and her child. Mm. But if I'm showing a 60-year-old, a 20-year-old, this one is of mixed races, this one is full black, this one is from diff culture, you know this is something that's accessible to Mm. all women. Mm. So if I'm posting something, I am intentional that it will inspire, it will educate. I then had to have additional knowledge that I couldn't have received solely from hair coaching, even from the other trainer. I don't like maybe six or seven other training prior to that. But like I said, that, mm. this one was the most financial and time um, investment that I'd ever had to do. But if we rewind, even when I had started um, hair coaching, I still did not even acknowledge that it was a gift. Even when people started to come into the studio, I still had not. Oh, really? No. I was oh, maybe wow. five or six months into it Stop when it. I had my aha moment. And, and what, it was really because at this point, again, I was still very dismissive. When people come, oh my goodness, people will travel in <laughs> from Dubai. And I will still be like, I will do what I have to do. I will teach. I, like, I will feel good. And I will, sometimes even before the client comes, I'll be very drained. I'll be very tired. But as soon as they come, there's just, I don't know, there's just something about the energy. I just, you wouldn't even know that before you came. When you're in your passion, yeah. You wouldn't even know that before you rang the bell, I was praying, oh my goodness, let this woman cancel. I'm so tired. (laughs) But as soon as they came, I I just felt alive. I just felt excited. And the when I realized it was really, and I should stop being so dismissive, was when once I was doing my daughter's hair Mm -hmm. and... I hadn't washed her hair in a while, so that this was my only time to do it. This is when I had time. So I said to her, okay, if we don't do it now, I'm not going to have time again for another maybe four weeks, and then it's going to be too long. So let's just do it now. And my daughter has tail bone length hair. So tail bone is that bone right above your bum, so it's really long. Even then, so we've just maintained the length since then. Mm. But her brother and her father, my husband, were outside playing in the garden, and she wanted to go out to play. So she didn't want to wash her hair. So then, and at this point, I used to get loads of messages, your daughter's hair, your daughter's hair, your daughter's hair. And then when I said, let's go wash it, she was so upset that she had to wash her hair and not, she couldn't play in that moment. So mm-hmm. she said, I hate my hair. Mm-hmm. And when she said those words, I hit my head, it was very painful because I was like, wow, the investment, the time, you know how many people send me messages about your hair? Mm-hmm. Do you know how disheartening it is? I mean, I wasn't saying this to her because I knew she just wanted to play, but in in me in my feeling, I was feeling like, <laughs> do you know the, the the harassment I get because of your hair? Do you know the amount of messages, the amount of encouragement I get because of your hair, and you hate your hair? And as I was feeling that, there was no confusion. There was a clear realization and clear confirmation of I I just heard it clearly. This is how I feel. And I thought, what do you mean? This is how I feel. I have gifted you with something, but yet you're so dismissive of it. 
Wow. And that's when I thought, oh, wow. Wow. So it's not even that it's paining me. It's discomfort. It has the, 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 the God that gave me this gift. Just like when I think about Mariah's hair, it didn't pain her to say that, but it pained mm. me that I invested the time mm. and the energy. But she mm. didn't pain her. She didn't feel anything. And this is what you're saying is so powerful. Wow. And that was the last time I was ever dismissive. And that was, that was when I started to acknowledge it. And that's when I thought, okay, let me start to learn more. Let me go for training. Let me sharpen it. Let me understand mm. better. Let me serve mm. people better. Mm. And also, uh, let us speak. I know the answer to this, but I want to us to talk about it. Where people say, you know, um, you know, when you when you ask people, I mean, what's your purpose? I know this has kind of turned into a purpose thing, but when you ask people like, okay, what's your purpose? And, you know, we've talked about it already, where people think it's all this high mountain. A lot of times some people don't really reconcile that they can make impact in even things like hair. Like God will send you and say, this is your purpose. Your purpose is actually in the hair no, space. No, I, I, I truly truly believe that because people have said i have prayed for you wow i have prayed to find because hair is such a it's such a and my exposure to people have made me understand it is such an emotional draining thing if things are not going well especially if you have hair loss mm. if you're a young woman mature woman and the entire middle of your head, there's no head there. You, you can't even, exp the person you're married to has not seen your head in years. Mm. And you're saying, God, where do I go? Mm. My GPs can't acknowledge, where, I don't even know where do I go. Mm. So people have said, I have prayed for you. Mm. And now I have found you. Like, it is over, people cry. It is such a transfer of energy. It is it's it's so powerful that sometimes I leave. A, I feel drained of energy. Mm. Not mm. drained of energy because I'm tired. Because of the 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 the, the you're the giving hope. them you're giving them something. You give the, them something the, the, when yeah, they come. Yeah, the hope, the the lifting of countenance, the energy, the confidence. Mm. It is very very powerful. So I do believe. I, I truly do believe that there is a gifting even in this hair space to really lift women up, which is why I said one of the things I really wanted is to really give women, the uh, black women, the audacity to know that you can really have scalp and hair that thrives. Because until you have scalp that is constantly itching you, nonstop, every hour, every day, you don't even know the impact of it, of not having scalp that itches until you start to go through that. I love it. I love how you... I love the truth in which the way you say it and the passion in which you say it because it goes back to the same point that you met, said earlier. Look, it's a passion, and the reason why you're so passionate about it is something that God gave it, God gave you to do. And you're making impact. The impact is not necessarily the fact that you touch their hair, it's the fact that the confidence that they get as a result of the happiness and all of that. So a lot of times when we're looking for our purpose and we're looking for the things that God has called us to be to do. You, you we trivialize certain things, whether it's making dresses or it's making, you know, hair or God, it's it's in front of you, but because you are not understanding, you're not seeing the other side of it, what you give to the people who use you. you and you and, and that is really it. what a gift is. You're supposed to give it. Mm. When, when you give something, you're supposed to give it. Mm. You're supposed to present it to somebody. Mm. it's not for you it's not for you so some people who are sitting down and doing nothing with it this is, this is so there powerful. is somebody suffering because you've refused to to fulfill your gift so somebody's suffering because of that i love that and mm -hmm. even i still learn day to day like i was sharing to you before that i i i, I learned even from the cleaner my cleaner mm. and i was saying to you she has such a serving spirit as in, and it's not that we've, we've had cleaners before. She has such a serving spirit. It's just easy. And it's just, it's not even in the quality of how she cleans. It's just the little things like, I mean, she just goes far and beyond. It's just that willingness to, 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 to serve. Like 
She'll, I didn't ask her. She will notice things. She'll buy it for the house. Yeah. She'll iron my apron. Like, she's not really supposed to. She'll, she'll just say, oh. But she's like, she has such a... I'm like, even if you were not doing... You would have been a cleaner. You would do something that allows you to demonstrate that that spirit of service. She, she knows how to, like, host and serve. Hmm. And that is even... Even talking, like, it's only now as an adult that I now realize even talking... People, you know, people can talk. They, they just captivate your attention. You have to sit and listen. I know. I, but I that's totally... easy. But that's easy. But you know, that's easy for them because it's just I mean, well, I'm just talking. What's the big deal? And I'm going back to it, it's supposed to be easy for you, but mm-hmm. now what you're supposed to do is gift it to somebody. I know. Honestly, you're even you're literally you're giving me aha moments as I'm sat here with you because I'm just like because one of the things I started to do with this podcast was I just wanted to showcase people's stories. I just wanted to have conversations, deep conversations with people, and I hope that it will bless be, um, other people. And initially, like you know, when I would do, I would do with a lot of like I, oh, I, when I'm sat here with you, I'm like I am just feeling in that moment. I absolutely love it. But sometimes you know, there's that time you know where you go back and then you're just thinking, does this thing really, really? mean anything like you know and when people listen to you they're like oh my god I love the way you are asking questions I just love how engaged you were and all that kind of feedback but I would still look at it and think well there's no big deal there because I just it's just something I do so naturally I'm I'm not trying to do it I'm just doing it and you just but you've just encouraged me here and I'm just so super glad that you you have because you've encouraged me in the sense that you know what just pave your own way don't worry about what other people are doing. I love that about what you said. You really didn't come out thinking, you know what, I have to create a salon. It has to be this because that's all I've ever seen. You just came out and said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it the way that it is in my heart to do it. And I'm hoping that somebody is hearing this. Somebody is hearing it. it doesn't even have to be an impressive space to others at first. Because I said all I had was a mirror, a chair and a dryer. Love it. There was nothing else in that room. A mirror and a chair, a dryer. I just bought everything on Amazon, necessary delivery. So everything was there by the time the first person arrived. But if you're in the place of your calling, you will be able to transcend all of that aesthetic stuff. Like it's, it's people will, when they come, they will draw from your soul, which is what you're saying. They will draw from your soul. It's not about the, the I bet nobody even noticed all of that. Okay, cool. So I want to quickly kind of touch on now before, yeah, as we draw this to a close, you know, obviously, so you're at this point where you're struggling to, right? You have your tax accounting job and I know you did it um, for a while with the head coaching. How do you, how did you then, you know, because what we're doing really is giving people, this is a master's degree in working on your purpose. So let's just take it all the way home. How did you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I, I have to do this now and make it full time. And, and what was that decision point for you like? Um, what everybody had always said to me that you might as well just quit your job because the mm-hmm. hair studio is doing well. And true, yes, it was doing well. Mm-hmm. And it was also very draining to do the two because it became two full-time jobs. I was put in the same number of hours in the studio the weekend and after work that I put in in my nine to five. So it was the exact same hours. Mm-hmm. So there was no balance and my family life was suffering. And I did that for years, mm-hmm. but everybody will say we'll quit. And I think I should quit. And I think the reason why I didn't quit is not because I didn't think it will succeed. I was very certain it will. I think the reason why I didn't quit was because I had always had three prayer points for jobs mm. after uni. One was the salary should be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Because one of the reasons most people hop about is because they're looking for more money. Mm-hmm. So my salary has to be really good because if I'm spending more time in the office and I, I'm at home, I have to be well, this, the, the remuner, what's the word? Remuneration mm-hmm. has to be well yeah. satisfied. The second thing was the people I work with, I've always said the people I work with, we have to like each other. You hear stories, oh my goodness, I hear my manager or the guys. I never wanted that that type of energy. So I wanted a place where we generally like each other. Hmm. And my third was knowledge. I wanted to grow and I wanted to, to really understood why I was doing. Because you know some people have a job, they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And then you get on the phone, you know when you're calling someone... <laughs> In whatever department, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. how did this person get this job? They don't even know. I never wanted to be that person where it's like, I wanted to be good. And I wanted mm-hmm. to be recognized for being good. So I would mm-hmm. 
And I remember I would get jobs. If one job didn't have it, I would leave it. And I'll go, I will find the job that has the three. Wow. Or I will stay in it for a bit until I had the chance to get another interview. And I kept doing that until I found a job that had the three. So sometimes I was staying in a job for a year, maybe two, three max was the most I would stay. So maybe it will have it and then one would drop. Oh. I was not going to stay in a job that didn't have the three. So I got this, my most recent job and it had all three. And I was very, very happy. There was no, like, I was just happy. I was happy. I was thriving. I was getting promoted. And then the studio was growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, it, it was just too much, but I still was not ready to quit. And I think, although I had always focused on my job, on the studio, it came to the point where even when I was sat in the office, I couldn't switch off see what was, I couldn't make the transition so, okay, now focus on the office. I All I was, I was planning the studio. I was planning um, branding, what products. Mm. I was planning my life. I, I just couldn't make that transition. And my quality of work started to drop. So, I mean, one of my things started to drop, which was knowledge. Mm. And I thought, I don't want people to remember me as how mm. I am now. Mm. You know, sometimes mm. you go to join, they still talk about Maggie mm. or whoever from four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be that person. I wanted to live on a high. So, and I had a fantastic, 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 incredible manager that I learned so much from. And then we had one of those, um, what they called appraisals. And then I just said to him, I'm going to hand in my notice. I didn't have anything written up at this point. I just said, I'm going to hand, hand in my notice. But he, he's the only one who knew that I had the studio that nobody else knew. Mm. And he was the one who was just amazing. He was the one who would say to me, block everybody else in the office. Mm. No one should know you're doing this. And it doesn't distract you. Mm. Don't follow anybody else on social media. No one should know. So I, I love that. When you said that to me, that was so good. Like he, he, he actually said to her, when she was going to start, when Annie was going to start this, um, the studio, he was like, um, don't follow anybody on social media. How, how cool is that? That is he had an investment. And if you think back to what I said, I've always said that teachers, and to me, he was a teacher because I looked up to him. Mm. Teachers, mentors, I've always prayed that I've, there'll be somebody in my life, my children's life, that have an investment in their life past this four walls, mm. this classroom, this office, this mm. whatever. Mm. Mm. And that's what he had. And it takes me back to how I prayed for a job that had all three. So all three had to also accommodate that teacher-like mm. aspect. Mm. So when people say quit, I was like, do you know how this job came about that you're telling me to quit, quit, quit? I don't think you understand needle in a haystack like it, honestly it's, it's one in a million type thing <laughs> and um i just said to him okay i'm going to um hand in my notice and he said you know okay after the initial shock it was okay fine don't put anything in writing mm. don't send me an email don't make anything official because you've been so fantastic you're going to leave anyway so instead of living with nothing i want you to live with a lot of money wow. so this is what we're going to do I have to pay black, bad cop for this to work. So I'm going to go to HR. I'm going to tell them restructuring, yada, yada. They're going to offer you a role, mm. decline the roles. So legally, we're forced to give you a payout to live. Mm. Wow. Now, I didn't know what the figure was. I didn't know how, like, how is this going to work out? I was like, just don't worry. Just do your part and decline whatever they give you. Mm. And then we, that went on for maybe a few weeks. Um, and then we had the meeting with HR. They had the call, do you want to do this? I was like, no, no, no. If it's not the same role, I don't want it. They presented me with the paperwork, a huge sum of money. I, I was just so overwhelmed. Obviously, I couldn't show it there. As soon as they left, I just went to the toilet. I was just crying. And I just prayed to God that you literally gave me what I wanted. Mm. Like, you gave me what I wanted. Like, how you love me mm. so much. I have mm. never written anything down as a bullet point from when I was a child that you did not give me. Mm. Never. Like, it's, it's so overwhelming. I have never said, okay, I want to marry at 23. I want to have a child at this. I need a job by this. I need my studio to thrive by this. It's almost scary. Like, you know, people say you will, people have to suffer. Like, I have never suffered. I have never suffered. Even when I thought it was hard and it felt like suffering, 
when I came out of it, it was like, oh, that's why that happened. That's why that happened. It, it was just, I, I, that manager was just amazing. And it has taught me to want to do that for the people, for my staff, mm. because I don't think he will ever, and I didn't think I have the words to even utter the Gratitude. significance mm. in the lessons he taught me. Mm. So I always remember that whenever I'm working with my staff or the cleaner or the people that help me at the hair studio, I always remember that, that you don't know what print you're leaving mm. in that person's life once they leave here. Oh my gosh, Annie, this has been such a brilliant conversation. Thank you so much. Thank Before you. we go, just tell us a little bit about, you know, first of all, I want you to brag. First of all, <laughs> can you tell us the furthest place somebody has come to you for an appointment with? Because I, I, I've heard on social media you saying like crazy stuff, like people will fly in and all of that. Let's just say that one, just so that people will know that this, <laughs> I mean, for, we're talking to royalty here. Hair, hair royalty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so people um, it, it, it amazes me people people have flown i have someone coming from dubai uh i think the appointment is next week so she's gonna fly people have fly, flown in just for the appointment they go to a hotel and they go back the next day or they they have their appointments and they go back to the airport the airport that same day and go back home people like, coming from new me. york me, like people are flying into the country because they want an appointment with any that that is that is what happens when you pursue your problem when you stay there and you own it when you're in your zone of genius boy people will fly to come and see you what fly to come and see it's so humbling and even one of them i even i even had to ask like why did you feel that you had to come because why couldn't you I don't know, maybe get this from another salon or another hairdresser. And she just said to me that, she just said, to, she, she just said to me that it, coming here and with this session, she was like, it, it was, it was just worth it that she would do it again. And it's, it's so humbling to me because it, it's so, and it takes me back to even what you just said. What if I had never mm. started this? What if I never put that post out? Like people, will be in disarray in distress because you have not served your purpose mm. the gift you're supposed to give them you're holding it and somebody is in distress because you're holding something that you're supposed to hand to them and it's, it's just it's just incredible it's just i i had a brand meeting i think i told you i was having a branding mm. meeting and the guy was like he's helped a lot of people by the way and we're going through the figures it's like how are you making this much money a month and you don't advertise i don't advertise by the way that's going to change because i'm i'm releasing mm -hmm. two products this year so i need to start advertising i was like and you don't advertise i was like i do not advertise he, you know he, he said it like four or five times he was in such disbelief so he was like where do people find you to buy i said i don't i just educate i inspire on my page and people trust me so much that they just buy that's my own explanation <laughs> to it because as you're asking me and you're in disbelief me too i am looking at the figure and i am dis in disbelief the tax accounting job that i said pay significantly in a year mm. i make that in one week in seven days what i was making in 12 months which was very good i was very happy with them and he said this over and over he was in such like because he helps loads of people so it was like imagine how much more when we start advertising and i was like I'm actually scared. And I said, I'm actually scared of that because I don't want my customer service to drop where I can't fulfill orders because it's now yeah. it's too, it's, it's, it's bigger than me. Um, and it was like, he was just so impressed with the organic growth. And it was like, you do promotions. And I was like, once in a while I do promotions, but it's not often. I was like, last promotion I did was in December. And he, he just couldn't believe that what he was saying. So he went on my page and he was like, I said, all I do is I just educate and I inspire. And there's, there's just a level of trust that I, I cannot take for granted. So I make sure I do my research before I post anything because I don't want to say anything that's misleading. Mm. So it's, it's it's a strong, a burden and something I'm accountable to everybody that mm. trusts me. So I do not mm. take it for granted at all. Yeah. 
And I was saying to him that sometimes I will sit on something like I did a post on water where I said water does not moisturize. Drinking water does not moisturize. I had I have a list of bullet points I put on my phone when I have an idea. Maybe I'll be somewhere, I'll be on the train, I'll, I'll be an event. And someone will say something, I'll just open my phone, I'll write it down, I'll do research later. That point I wrote down two years ago, but I couldn't post it because I, I had not done enough research to feel confident enough to post it. Even though I knew it, I felt so uncomfortable posting it because I didn't want anyone to feel like, oh, any doesn't know what she's doing. I can't trust her anymore. Mm. So I sat on that for two years before I could finally post it. And I told him that I said, that's a level of accountability I hold to these people. They, they may never know. They may mm. never know. That's the way I view them. But that's the only explanation I have for why the numbers is just the grace of God. Mm. Because this level of insight of wanting to know more he it could have been anybody else but he chose me hmm. i love it i love it any i just i just have to say to you you've said this in very many ways over the course of the show but i want you to just say it in a really really concise way because i want i really really feel like today somebody is going to have a mind shift I want you to just say to that, speak to that person who is dilly-dallying, who has maybe something in their hands that they're doing, but they're not looking at it as tangible enough to do and, and pursue properly. I want you to speak to that person because I, I just want there to be a transference of wisdom and insights so that we can start to see people just moving in the direction of their calling so that they can start to accomplish the purpose for which they were created. It, it's, it will be scary because you're wondering who will pay me for this because you're looking at it, it's like I'm not doing anything as a big deal because it's so easy, who will pay me for this service? And then there's the other side, and it's just, and my side of things is something I don't hear people talk about. The other side is what people talk about more, which is I'm afraid to stop. I'm afraid mm. it will fail. I'm afraid no one will pay. My side of it was my fear of succeeding mm. because I knew it would succeed and that was scary to me. Mm. It was scary to me because I didn't know if it was enough to sustain me within my spirit, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. to make me feel happy enough. Do you understand to keep Content. doing it? Mm -hmm. So it, it will, it will feel scary and it's very, very normal. They feel scary. And I think the easiest way to do it is literally just doing it, do it with your other job that you have there, do it with your friends, mm -hmm. do with your coworkers, if you feel like you need that to build confidence, but the truth is the best way is just to dive in hard and strong. Mm. Because whatever lessons you will learn from that, you will learn. Mm. My greatest lessons have come from customers that were not happy. And you will have customers that were not happy, that mm. will not be happy. Customers in terms of um, maybe a, a, a delay in an order or something, mm -hmm. they, they will teach you your hard lessons. So I just, just do it hard mm -hmm. and you will learn your lessons from that and that will encourage you to grow in future. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't train, even though it feels easy, which was the, the and I'm grateful because that was the earliest lesson I learned. Don't just sit on it and you think that will sustain you. Do training, add value to what you already know because that's what will keep you on top oh, so powerful so powerful thank you so much and um, final thing just tell us about your products you know where can my people find you and you know what do you what do you have on your products list that could be a blessing to them okay so i just i have products that uh, all the products i've released have launched have been as a apart from one which is the dip follicle treatment as as a desire and a need from myself and for my house Hmm. And then it became something that I released online to people. And the reason why I say apart from the deep follicle treatment, because I would do things for people where they will now have length and health, but they still want to have edges. Hmm. And it was still a concern that, okay, what can I do? Because my edges are fine, so I didn't personally have a need. Hmm. So what can I do to serve 
this whole group of people better that now mm. they have length, now they have health, but their edges are still weak because mm. castor oil is not going to cut it. Mm. It has to be something that's more potent. I started doing research into that. And that was the birth of the deep follicle treatment. Mm. So they're products that help enrich black hair because for so long, for so, so, so long, we didn't know what to do with our hair. So we mm. used products that weren't specifically catered to nourish the type of characteristics of black hair. Mm. So I've got products that enrich the state of black hair to give you that audacity just to thrive and show up strong with your hair, really, to change to change your hair story. Mm. So you can find the unhealthy hairstudio.co.uk mm-hmm. and my Instagram page is Anita Hair Coach. Mm-hmm. I'll link all of that in the in the show notes and um, my people will find you. So thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for thank this. You, thank you. Such a blessing. It's blessed me so much. I really appreciate your time and um, God bless you. Amazing thank listeners. You so I hope you take out of today's episode and literally just run with it. Thank you for joining me today on the Unscathed Live podcast. I trust you've taken away actionable practices for being more and doing more. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that I can bring you more great episodes. You can find me on my website at tonbra.com. And you can also subscribe to my mailing list where I share exclusive content on Living Unscathed. I'm also on Instagram at tomba.moswago and I welcome you to join my Facebook community called Created for More with Tomba. It's an exclusive community of go-getters who are sold out to manifesting our highest selves. Have a great week and do remember that you were created to be more and do more. Bye for now.